Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 78. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe to this podcast for free. Make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And I also want to thank our patrons for making this episode possible. While you're over at thedadchronicle.com, check out our patron rewards and consider contributing to this show. Today, we're doing something a little special with The Dad Chronicle. We're having another roundtable discussion. Today's topic is all about medicine and your kids. We're going to learn about how to keep your kids from getting sick when you, quote unquote, want them to get sick. And we'll also touch on the topic of vaccinations. Now, we've had these two guys on the show before, both in separate instances, but they do a podcast together. Let's welcome Jerry Tolbert and Dan Patrice. How you guys doing? Good. How's it going? Hey, good. Happy to have you guys. Dan, are you there? Great, man. Oh, I was just are. waiting for Jerry. Oh, See, God. we we both are uh, we both are major talkers. So I've been trying to find <laughs> a good way, trying to get into a good groove as to when we're both done. <laughs> now, and you guys have both been on the Dad Chronicle before. This is kind of a small world situation because uh, Jerry and I knew each other from America's Next Top Podcaster. Um, Dan, I had heard of you from uh, the time on TMS that you've spent. How did you guys get to know each other? Uh, so Jerry the, did Geek Dad, and I do the Geek All Stars. So we kind of knew each other from actual from board gaming kind of circles uh, in a way. And uh, I don't know if Jerry, I don't know if you listen to our show or if you listen to uh, TMS first. And then Jerry just kind of came up to us at uh, came up to myself and my co-host Chris at uh, at Gen Con a few times. And then we just became friends from there. Love it, mm-hmm. love it, yep. Jerry. Do you regret yeah. any of that? <laughs> Not in the least. No, it's been good. My, my sure? wife's actually right. a pharmacist, and so. Uh, we have a lot to talk about when when we go to these gaming conventions. So it's not just board games; it's also real life. So that that was a great instant bonding moment. Oh, totally! And you know, let's take this opportunity to remind the folks at home who you guys are, uh, your qualifications as we approach this discussion. Jerry, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm Jerry Tolbert. I'm a primary care physician, a family medicine trained primary care physician in Northern Kentucky, and I also do some healthcare IT stuff. Uh, but I also on the side. Uh, do a podcast with Dan. Nice, yeah. All right. How about you, Dan? And I'm a I'm a clinical pharmacist. I've I've been I've been a pharmacist since 2000. Uh, I'm a PharmD. I'm the other doc in the pair of docs with uh, with Jerry. And I've been in God retail, uh, clinical mail order, uh, long term care, um, and and hospital based. So I've done a little bit of everything in the pharmacy world as well. And uh, Beautiful. See, me and Jerry have that in common. We're both married to pharmacists. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's really cool that you guys have found so so many common bonds and, and you guys do have a podcast together. There's somebody else that was from uh, from America's Next Top Podcaster, Bridget, who is your all's uh, the, the third leg of that uh, of that podcast. We will take a bit of time towards the end of this show, and I and I encourage folks to go check out the show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we will talk a little bit about Paradox with Bridget. So, uh, she we is will, really the glue that keeps us straight. <laughs> it's great. And she's, she's just a riot anyway. She's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are here to talk about medicine from, we have a couple of subject matter experts, um, to talk about this. They're also dads. Now, um, I encourage you guys to go to the dad and listen back to both of their episodes. Uh, it, both were great conversations. You can get a little bit of context around their family lives there, but why don't we jump right into the topic at hand? So first things first, I'm going to be a little selfish. 
Aria, my daughter, gets sick all the freaking time, guys. All the time. <laughs> she goes to daycare. Welcome, welcome to having a toddler. Jesus, guys. It's like all the time. So, okay. So, how, first of all, should I be concerned? Is this a normal thing when your kid goes to daycare and they get sick all the time? Like, wh- what should I know about this? Who wants to go first? I'll tackle that one a little bit. My kids are a little bit younger, so I'm a little closer to it, I think. But, yeah. um, but the truth of the matter is there's no such thing as normal. And we kind of talked about that on the last podcast. The idea is, is it expected? And the answer is yes. Kids have not been experienced to most of the things that we have. We've got a lot of years of experience being exposed to all kinds of different stuff. So it's not uncommon for them the first time that they see something to have a more um, I don't want to say violent, but a, a more significant reaction than you or I would have coming in contact with that that germ again in this case. Yeah, and that's so that's that's key, right? Like, and um, well, okay. Before we go on to the next thing, Dan, I'll let you speak to this. Your kids are a bit older. Is this something that I need to be thinking about as like Arya gets older and she's going into elementary school, eventually middle school, high school? Is this same sort of situation going to occur? You know, every every kid is different, and a body is is pretty pretty amazing as it is. But uh, I like to how sick my kids both were in uh, in preschool and in daycare, and now uh, you know because they were they were almost you know they're like everybody else. They they seem like they were always sick when they went to uh, you know daycare, and now they're never sick. You know, yeah. so and it's just kind of goes to show you, uh, you know, kind of the body doing what it's supposed to do, getting all the immunities and getting the antibodies and helping to protect yourself and strengthening itself uh, against all that stuff. Now, I mean, obviously, you're not going to be immune to everything, but I think there there is certain something to do with, uh, you know, being exposed to those things and not kind of keeping them in in a bubble that, that definitely helps them later. And I was the same way. I was a very sickly kid. I actually had meningitis when I was uh, I think it was a little lo- younger than two. And that's why I'm deaf in one ear, you know, and I was sick all the time. And now, um, you know, knock on wood, I never get sick. I had no idea that you were sick in, or sick, I'm sorry, that you were deaf in one ear. That's why I didn't know that. So, so like, are you like fully deaf or is it just hearing impaired? Yes and no. I mean, I'm 90% deaf, but I just tell people I'm deaf in one ear. It's easier to explain than and say, yeah, I kind of have, but I see, I don't know any different. Like if I lay on, uh, you know, much to my wife's chagrin, if I lay on my good ear at night, I don't hear anything. I can fall right to sleep. Really? Whereas, uh, you know, whereas she gets all mad because she can hear every little creak in the house or the dog, uh, you know, scratching in the middle of the night or barking or something. I'm just out like a light. God, good for you. I can't do that guys. <laughs> it's great. I, I end up like every little thing makes me stir in the night. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> So, so what are some things that people should do to really like, I mean, there's like this, uh, this sort of balance where, you know, you're talking about it's building immunity. It's doing goodness to, in some cases, to let your, your kids get sick and go through that. That certainly builds, uh, the right, uh, character, you know, biologically or, you know, however you want to describe it. Um, but what do you need to do in order to take the proper measures to make sure that your kids don't get too sick. Do you want to take that one, Jerry? Yeah, I'll start. Um, essentially, the same stuff that your doctor told you when you were a kid or you see on television programs, you know, wash your hands, cover your coughs, you know, that kind of stuff. Germ theory is a real thing. There's a reason we talk about it. And, you know, it's not going outside with a, with a wet head that gets you sick like your grandma told you. It's actually being around people that are sick. So most of it is 
you know, the kind of the rule of thumb is if if you're going to be around people, you want to make sure that you keep yourself clean. You also want to make sure, um, you know, there's there's something that uh, you mentioned, um, frog pants earlier. You mentioned being listening to to the instance and the morning stream and those kinds of shows. Scott talks about his con rule, and that's actually a pretty good rule for kids too. And and that rule is don't touch anything above your neck if you're around a bunch of people that are sick. Because all those germs that get on your hands from droplets, from sneezing and coughing and all those other things that other people are doing, as soon as they touch a mucous membrane, and so anything pink and shiny, think eyes, nose, inside of your mouth, there's a chance for them to get past the normal barriers, and that's when you get sick. So if your kids are, are constantly rubbing their eyes and their noses and their mouths, which almost every kid does, you know, especially kids under you know, seven or eight years old, uh, there, there's a good chance that they're going to pick this stuff up and just not being too precious about it, making sure that you keep them safe. You know, if they start acting uh, abnormal, uh, making sure that you get them checked out, uh, making sure that you see the doctor if you have questions. Sometimes the answer is going to be, yeah, just give them some fluids and take it easy. And other times they may need medication to take care of those problems. Yeah. And let's talk about the medication side of the house. Like when you get sick and, and Dan, we'll start with you. Yeah. What is the, so, so, how do I know what the doctor is, you know, deciding for my kid is, is, you know, right. And I, and I say that, you know, not to doubt the doctor, but you know, it, let's say that I'm one of those parents that really is kind of scared about side effects for certain medications. Are there certain things that, that parents should look out for in medications or is that a non-issue? Well, um, just to, to piggyback on what J Jerry said, as far as, um, you know, like, cause I make joke, I made light of, you know, the kids getting sick, uh, you know, s saying that I, I'm not really put my kids in arms way, but them being sick is no big deal. But, I, but like what Jerry said, make sure they're, they are clean, but I actually, um, and we could get into this a little bit later. I, I like to tell parents to, uh, to stay away from all that damn sanitizer Yeah, on everything. Yeah stop with that and keep them clean. Just, just have them washing regularly. And I wash my hands like crazy, you know, like, uh, you know, like you said, the con thing, you know, some people just do the fist bumps and then just still make sure you're washing your hands and everything. But, but yeah, you don't want to put your kids in harm's way, but don't get too afraid when they do get sick. Uh, as far as kind of like things like antibiotics, I think this is probably before we talk about medicines and stuff. I mean, uh, Jerry, you want to talk about real quick about what, um, when they should worry about an antibiotic and when they shouldn't because there's this is some things that uh you know young parents or actually parents people in general may want to know the difference uh you know when one would be advised and when one wouldn't be yeah i mean so so when we talk about antibiotics there's a very specific category of drugs that we're talking about we're usually talking about antibacterials i mean there are other types of antibiotics biotic meaning life so things that kill other things those antibiotics are targeted excuse me, the vast majority of the time at bacteria, a specific bacteria a lot of times, or classes of bacteria. So what you're using to fight an infection needs to be targeted at what it is. If you've got the common cold, that's a virus. That's something called a rhinovirus. And there isn't an antibiotic for that. There are antiviral medications that we use for some viruses like hepatitis or, or, or HIV, you know, pretty nasty viruses. We have some pretty nasty medicines, unfortunately, that, that help keep those in, in check. But for the common cold, there isn't an antibiotic. If you have a bacterial infection, let's say you have strep, that's something streptococcus biogenes, the bacteria that causes that, that causes almost like a cellulitis on the back of the throat. So it's, it's like a pretty nasty infection. And, and those bacteria, in order for your body to really 
heal itself, you have to kind of kill those off so that they're not causing so much trouble. So, so there's this continuum of, well, I may feel pretty miserable. Let's say you have influenza. Uh, that's a virus. There's not an antibiotic. There are some medications that we can give to help keep people that are at high risk from having bad problems. But you can't just take amoxicillin for influenza and get better like you can for strep throat. So, so there is an appropriate time to do it. The, the other thing to remember is, is that most medications, whether it's antibiotics or anything else, the key to those is what we're really trying to do is to get rid of the impediment to the body healing itself. None of these things are, are really doing the heavy lifting. They're helping. They're actually killing off the invaders. But the body itself has to be ready to, to kind of fight this stuff off. And so if you're in a situation where the kid is relatively healthy and they're drinking and eating well and they're staying pretty stable and they have a temperature and they don't really have a whole lot of other symptoms with it, it's perfectly okay to kind of let that kid go for a little while and watch and see how they do. But the moment that they start to have trouble with things like dehydration or, or concerns for, you know, trouble breathing, those more serious conditions definitely need to be evaluated. And oftentimes they're going to benefit from medicines, not just antibiotics, but lots of different types of medicines. Um, one thing I want to talk about, and, uh, and this could be like a good disclaimer, you know, and you guys say this at the front of your show, the, the, the sort of advice that we're giving here is certainly the the you know these guys aren't liable this is all very much a discussionary um piece so i don't want folks to take this for you know uh, to take this as scripture here go see your doctor if you are concerned about anything that you know we're talking about here so i, I just wanted to pause and say that just for a moment um another thing that i wanted to go back to real quick for you jerry you know just thinking about my daughter uh where uh, ear infections are, she's very prone to ear infections. I don't think she's so prone that we need to get the whole tube situation. Um, but, uh, maybe eventually, you know, one of the things that, that is concerning about ear infections is that, you know, they could, uh, you talked about hear lo hearing loss, uh, Dan, it's like, do you, uh, how long do you wait to see if it's an ear infection? If you wait too long, they can go deaf. Um, what do you recommend to parents for those situations, Jerry? High fever for prolonged periods of time, especially when the kid's not, you know, acting right, it needs to be evaluated. It doesn't mean that we have to jump straight to treatment. And that's why a lot of times these days, hopefully, most physicians aren't going to just prescribe antibiotics over the phone for a lot of this stuff. You know, it's it's going to be, we need to get a good look. We need to know exactly what we're treating so we can target our therapies. We can use the right drugs for the right bugs at the right time. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a big deal. And Dan can speak to that too in terms of, <laughs> of, you know, resistance mechanisms and other stuff that we're really trying to fight against. Yeah, but, do you, do but, you wanna, but in general, oh, yeah, the idea is if your kid isn't acting right, have them evaluated. Don't yeah. expect that you're going to get an antibiotic necessarily, but have them evaluated because it's not as easy to tell from the outside as most people think. Totally. You have to have something, you know, something pretty um, significant for it to be that obvious. Uh, and that and that can be tricky. So just yeah. it, when in doubt, ask the medical professional, just like you said. Yep. Sometimes uh, non-pharmacologic can be a big, big thing, especially for children that have uh, that are prone to things like ear infections, because, you know, the, the reason why kids get ear infections more than we do is just kind of the just the, the shape and, and the size of their head, because the tubes are, are kind of more parallel in children than they are when we, you know, when your ears start, you know, when your face starts growing and the ears, you know, those tubes start getting a little bit more upright all the drainage goes down. So one of the ways you can help a, a child is a lot of times just elevating their bed or just making sure their head is a little more elevated. And then the drainage will help a little bit more there. And that may help stave off some of those extra infections. Um, but what you were saying earlier kind of about things to 
uh, look for when it comes to like medicines and stuff, you know, things like antibiotics when, uh, you know, let's just say you do get to that point antibiotics, a lot of things, uh, you know, like the antibacterials and a lot of the amoxicillin and azithromax, some are very, uh, one thing a lot of people don't realize is that uh, a small side effect is low grade rash can happen quite frequently. And it's not anything to be alarmed at. It's when you have the profuse rash and swelling in either the face or joints or extremities, that's when you have to really worry about an allergy. But it's very, very common for people to have things like amoxicillin and have a low grade rash. That's why most people like our parents age, I would tell you probably 75% of them think they're allergic to amoxicillin. Because they they were just told, you know, when they were a kid, they they got it once, they had a little bit of a rash, and for the rest of their lives, everybody just told them they were allergic to amoxicillin forever. Hey, I'm one of those people. Where they weren't ever. <laughs> I, I, I have I have a uh, I supposedly am allergic to amoxicillin and seclor. I've been told that since I was like three, and here I am, 31 years old, and I guess I'm still allergic. So, I don't, but but Aria had that too. She had the low grade rash, and and here's the thing that scared the ever living Jesus out of us. Because they were like, you know, we we she was on amoxicillin for something. I think it might, it might have been an ear infection. I don't I don't remember. But uh, she was she she broke out in this rash, and they were like, okay, yeah, take her off of it. If she stops breathing, call nine one one. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how do you just say that? <laughs> uh, because they have to. Yeah, it's because, one of those legal disclaimers, like yeah. we make at the top of the show. It, it it's. <laughs> The, the worst case scenario, and, and and what's really funny to me, and Dan, you can you can probably speak to this too. Everybody talks about the the quitting breathing, and that that was kind of the popular media version of what happens with anaphylaxis. But what kills you with anaphylaxis in general, and this isn't a hundred percent, but it's not your throat closing up and you stopping breathing. That is not good, and it will make you very you know dead very fast. But the issue is you get this cardiovascular collapse. All the blood vessels dilate to the point where the organs really don't get blood anymore. And that's actually the thing that is oftentimes going to kill you the quickest. So, mm. so it can be very significant. So they're not, they're not going to play around with anaphylaxis. They're not going to play around with significant allergy. But, but the truth is, you know, like Dan said, there are going to be a lot of, of, of rashes that come along, especially in the context. And this is where a lot of uh, if, if you look at the statistics of of how we treated infection, back when penicillin was all we had, we used it a lot. And they used it a lot for everything because they thought it was going to help and it probably wasn't going to hurt. And unfortunately, what ends up happening with a lot of rashes, and you've probably seen this with, with your your children, they get rashes because of the virus that's involved, not because of the medicine. So if you put a kid on amoxicillin for a viral infection... And they get a rash. That's not a drug rash. That's a viral rash. And sometimes it's easy to tell those apart, and sometimes it's not from just a visual perspective. So there are a whole host of pe- you know patients that were told that they had an allergy because they got an antibiotic for the wrong thing. So how do I know if that if I'm allergic to amoxicillin or not? So it's uh, don't, a good. Don't test it. Just wait. <laughs> It's an easier way for you yourself. Okay. Uh, so if your daughter has been taking different, you know, has taken either uh, cephalexin or Seclor or any of the uh, cephalosporins uh, and you have, uh, or amoxicillin, and, and you've always been told, you'll kind of notice it even if you get a little bit of, you know, if you don't remember how, you know, the extent, I wouldn't necessarily, this is kind of a, a hard thing to recommend, but it, I'm, I'm going to assume that you probably don't have an anaphylactic reaction right away. Uh, you know, if you've given her this medicine before, but just even having a drop on your thumb, you'll see like if you have any sort of anywhere near a medium to severe reaction, you're you'll start noticing a rash just from a drop. 
Really? My wife, uh, my wife is really allergic to a bunch of antibiotics. She's like the exact opposite of me. I'm allergic to like nothing. She's allergic to a bunch of things. She can't even mix the medicine at work because no the, okay. the cloud, the, yeah. the cloud or dust when she's mixing it will make her break out all over her hands. So, so does that like cause career concern? Like, are they, do they look at her like, ah, <laughs> uh, you know, you can only mix like fifty percent of these medicines. Uh, I just don't know if this is the no, right. Usually, thing. a lot of times, even you have good technicians that'll do a lot of the mixing. You're just kind of checking you know, that everything is correct and gotcha. that the dose is correct. So, I mean, that's not that big of a deal. It would be more if she was the only person in a compounding lab, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, would had be that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's like the, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want that job if, if you've got an allergy to an antibiotic. Oh God, that would suck. Um, all right. I want to actually, have you noticed any of that? Like with yourself, I'm sorry to no. interrupt, but did oh, you no. notice any of that with, uh, with your daughter's medicines? Like when, even when you put something in a dropper that, you know, maybe you kind of, just felt a little different or, you know, you know, hands at your ears. Yeah. No, but now that you're saying it, I feel all itchy. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that used to be my favorite thing to do in medical school was I would, on days when we talked about anything where there was like skin rash or itching involved, I would always sit in the back. Normally I sat in the very front. And in those days, I would sit in the very back because I wanted to see everybody start scratching as soon as anybody started talking about I, it. The power of suggestion is so strong. I'm Alex, when you have us back on here. for it to talk about ticks, then we'll worry about it. Come on. Everybody at home, if you're scratching yourselves, I'm sorry. I'm not liable for any sort of like skin rash that you get <laughs> listening to this show. All right. Actually, let, let's switch uh, perspectives. Let's go total 180 degree. We got these situations where people are like, yeah, my kid's got the chicken pox. Why don't you come on over and bring your kid? Um, Please don't. Yeah, yeah. Jerry, go ahead and uh, I guess share some wisdom around why that's a bad idea. Okay. So, so I'm actually out of the lawsuit on this now. So the, the state of Kentucky is no longer culpable. I'm going to put a disclaimer here that I'm going to talk about this. There's no legal proceeding actively ongoing, not against me. This was just the, the our, our health department actually got sued because we kept a, a, a student athlete out of high school participation because he didn't have vaccination against chickenpox and there was a chance he could have had it. And we didn't want him to spread it to everyone in the stadium where they were doing this or the, the basketball court where they were doing these these games. And so he and his family sued the, the health department, but we did it for a very specific reason. We kids getting chicken pox, you know, for a lot of kids these days, they've been vaccinated against it. So they don't really know what chicken pox was like. And there we've got actually a whole host of young adults that don't know what it was like. And people think that a lot of these illnesses, chicken pox, measles, you name it, that, that a lot of these things are, are benign. And in some cases they are, but the older you are, when you get those diseases, the more it's going to hit you pretty hard. And they're mostly going to be respiratory viruses. They're not just a rash. Uh, so they can cause some pretty significant problems. The other big population, part of the population that is going to be at high risk is pregnant women. And so because these diseases are spread by droplets, they're spread by sneezing and coughing, and you usually are going to spread them long before the rash shows up, there's a good chance that you could give those to other people around you. And if they don't have the right immune defenses, if they never got the vaccination or if they never had chicken pox as a kid because everybody else around them got vaccinated, they themselves could be at pretty high risk. So, so getting those kinds of diseases in the wrong category of, of risk could be life-threatening uh, to, to mom, to baby, to old folks that are, that are potentially going through cancer chemotherapy or, or even young folks going through uh, chemotherapy that have weakened immune systems. So it's not just you that's going to be affected by you having those big communicable diseases. 
Yeah, so it's not just like, hey, my kid doesn't, you know, it's like, okay, my kid hasn't had the chicken pox. I bring them over. I contract the chicken pox. It's really that that bigger issue of what happens when my kid gives it to the wrong person. Exactly. That is the biggest problem. Um, Dan, what, what happens in those cases from a, uh, fr- from a, a medical, like, or I guess a medicine perspective, uh, when people, um, you know, contract these sort of things and they don't, uh, they're, they're too old or they're, or they're pregnant or, or whatever, what, uh, what, what happens to them, um, in the medicine that they need to take in order to cope with it? Well, I don't, uh, <laughs> you're kind of lumped a lot of things together there. <laughs> there's a lot of different, uh, you know, there's, you know, there are, uh, plenty of medications for pregnancy and lactation. And a lot of times the, uh, the, whether the benefit outweighs the risks for certain treatment. Um, it's kind of hard to, you know, we, you almost want to talk about, uh, you know, vaccination with those things. And I mean, if you, uh, think about it when we were kids, uh, you could probably remember when everybody on your street, got chicken pox. Oh yeah. I remember when I got it. Yeah. Which everybody did. Yep. And now I can't tell you the last time I've seen a kid or heard of a kid, even in my chicken pox. Yeah, no, I I was about to say, I couldn't even think of anybody in my career. Clinically, I have seen three cases come into the office. What do you do in that case, Jerry? Do you have to like quarantine the whole freaking place or like what <laughs> no, happens? No, 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 no. Um, you just make sure that they're wearing a mask. Um, like I said, it's droplet uh, precautions. So basically, gotcha. what that means, what, what that means is you you don't want them to sneeze or cough on anybody. You isolate them from the rest of the kids or or adults or anybody else that's around. You disinfect the room just like you normally would. You should be doing that for for most rooms. You don't want to you know scrimp on that. Yeah. Uh, but but again. It, it's mostly just about making sure that everybody is is safe and aware. You know, for the health department, one of the things we do is is make sure that if there is a case, an active case, we do contact investigations. We, you know, people that they're going to be around, we double check to make sure that that they have you know the appropriate um, protection and and give them option for vaccination if they haven't already had it. Those kinds of things. So yeah, it just kind of depends on the disease, uh, truthfully, and and like it's kind of. Like, it kind of goes into, you know, things like, uh, you know, all sorts of the vaccinations and, and even mm-hmm. getting the flu shot. You know, uh, the most common thing I hear at work when we're getting ready to have our whole place uh, sign up for for flu shot clinic. Um, you know, people are like, well, I never get the flu. And then you've got to remind some of the other people. You know, a lot of times you have people that aren't pharmacists that we work with that, you know, or maybe just, uh, you know, people that are just, uh, you know, just work in the office and they're not necessarily medical people. They're like, well, I never get the flu. And you're like, well, you just want to remind people that it's not for you as much as it also is about the people you come in contact with. Right. So Mm -hmm. you could be carrying, uh, you know, some of the virus and have no idea about it and not um, in your asymptomatic and you don't want to go uh, or talk to somebody's grandmother. Yeah. Breast. And next thing you know, you're giving them you know, a pretty nasty virus that could kill them. So it's just as much for the whole community and for your family, especially if you have young kids at home or uh, a pregnant spouse that um, are going to be a pregnant wife or you're going to have a pregnant wife at home. Uh, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're getting these things. Yeah. And um, just, I get on Jerry. Do you, it, it's funny. Cause we're not, we're not uh, in video right now. But Jerry has this soapbox thing that he put above my head every time I get on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get back in my soapbox here. And just 
get your freaking vaccines. Get, uh, I mean, there's, I'll, I'll, I'll admit there are yeses and nos for the flu shot, but I still say everybody should get their flu shot if, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're able to and not allergic or not at the, you know, the certain type, but get your kids vaccinated. I'm going to get on my high horse, get vaccinated, go to your doctor, find out what vaccinates are needed. If you're against vaccination, find somebody that'll smack you upside the head and get <laughs> vaccinated. <laughs> that was actually going to be my next question, Dan. Where do you stand on vaccinations? I, I, I'm actually not. I'm not very clear. Still, it seems like. I, no, actually, I, I want to go back and I want to play devil's advocate on something. What about those people who are like, oh, every time I get the flu shot, I get the flu. What do you say we to them? Dan? About okay. Yes. So here's what it is. So that is basically you can't get the flu from the flu shot because it's a it's an inactivated vaccine. Uh, so you cannot get uh, any sort of flu, but what you can get are your body's natural kind of own defense. Anytime you put something period in your body, you have a chance of your body having a little bit of defenses, but that's not the flu. Uh, you can get also what's called in injection site reactions or kind of your body, uh, you know, thinking that there's foreign, but it's not the flu. It's just kind of inflammatory response in a way and also other responses, but that'll go away, you know, like that. So uh, there are other live vaccines uh, that can give you, a you know, usually a very slight amount. And uh, there was, um, I believe, the nasal spray. Jerry, do, we, do they have any other live? I don't think we do much live flu anymore because the nasal spray no. doesn't even work anymore. Yeah, the it, they brought it back this year because they got some better data. But but it's it's essentially the, the it's on they're on the fence about whether or not the the nasal vaccine is actually all that useful. Um, that was a live vaccine, and there were populations correct. that it was better for them to use that. But I mean, we don't need to get into that too much. But but yeah, there are different types of uh, vaccinations out there. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, and, so oh, Jerry, go ahead and finish your thought. Finish your thought. I was just going to say, yeah, the the like we talked about on the the last time I was on, the issue is more. This is not about because you're getting proteins because you're getting something that is not actually a full-blown virus mm -hmm. you're not going to get sick you may feel bad but you're not going to get sick and if anyone has ever had influenza actual honest to goodness influenza most of the time they're not going to say oh the flu shot gave me the flu they're going to say oh yeah i felt pretty bad after i had that flu shot but man the flu sucks because the flu sucks you feel yep. like you got hit by a train for three days yep. or seven days or ten days I had it for a good solid, like, it was five days of me laying on the couch, sweating my ass off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was it was terrible. I watched so much Everybody Loves Raymond that I think I got through <laughs> the entire thing uh, twice. It was it was so much. Um, but I, I loved it, actually. I loved that show. Um, hey, I was a little, loopy, little PSA but, for that? Yeah, sure. So, of course, this is just some information for the listeners, because... Um, because you're blessed to be listening and you're going to get some good information here. Yeah. So uh, everybody in the world. Now, Alex, I don't know if you've heard of this. When, whenever, uh, you know, whenever somebody starts feeling bad or they get the flu, the first thing people want. Get me that Tamiflu. Got to get rid of the flu. So Tamiflu only works. The first basically the first 48 hours at most. I think it's actually 36, but we'll, we'll give you 48 hours of symptoms. By the time you're really feeling bad, it's too late. So, so all Tamiflu is going to do is going to decrease the duration of your flu by maybe a day or two at most. It, which I it, mean, if it gets that bad, it can it can they be. quantify it in hours in the in the package insert. So the, the average is around uh, uh, something like eight hours, eight, eight to twelve That's hours. It. And so that <laughs> means that instead of having the flu for 
for what? seven days, you're going to have it for six days and six hours. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, okay, so, all right. So, so let's, uh, let's continue the education piece. What do you say to people who are saying, you know, they're on the fence. They're like, yeah, but I'm hearing from everybody that, that uh, vaccines could cause whatever problem. They, what sort of literature or what sort of resources would you point people to to vaccinate themselves, their kids, their grandmothers, whoever? I, I would. Uh, hope Jerry, that, you better go more PC than what I can go. I was gonna say what I was gonna say. I'm gonna point Dan. I'm gonna point at Dan and say, talk to your pharmacist. And I'm hoping that Dan's gonna point at me and say, talk to your doctor, because yeah. the, the medical professionals we don't get paid by the people that make vaccines. I don't know who started that rumor. Um, if they would pay me, I probably would say Listen, no to it right now. But that's come what, on, that's um, what somebody who gets paid by the pharmacies would, would right say. is gonna say. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm in their what, pocket. They own me. Uh, <laughs> that too. Is we actually get paid. We get paid when you get sick, and we're trying to tell you to not get sick. Right. So that'll tell you something too. (laughs) Just yeah, that that is uh, a that's paramount in itself, folks listening at home who are like, yeah, I don't know about these vaccines. That right there, uh, that that should tell you that money is not part of this problem. No, but but I mean, in all seriousness, Dan, what do you think? Honest, uh, I would actually really, it's kind of like what Jerry says. I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, you could do pretty much, it's hard to do a Google search on, on this topic because you're going to get a million places. I don't know if there's the American vaccines. I don't know. I don't even know where it is. I would just tell, I would actually tell people a few things. First, uh, you will not find a doctor or a pharmacist that will tell you not to get vaccine vaccinated. Uh, so like every single person that has a medical license can't be wrong. <laughs> I tell people like between me and Jerry, you know, our, our 20 something years of, of, uh, of schooling and education, you know, it's got to account for something. And, uh, you know, and if I'm willing to do it to myself and my kids and, you know, carry a lot of weight, but anyway, just every single medical person that you'll find should. And if there's a pharmacist out there, I, I can't speak for the doctors, but I can speak for the pharmacists. If there's a pharmacist out there that's going to tell you not to get vaccinated, yeah, I will tell them to give their license back to their pharmacy school. Yeah, that's <laughs> see, that's yeah. Like, I'm, ver- I'm, ver- I'm very, I'm very uh, steadfast on on vaccinations. No, it don't, yeah, don't get me wrong, I am as well, and, and I like, I like uh, poking the bear in this case mm-hmm. with you guys because uh, you know I know you guys and and I know how passionate you guys are about it. You know, I have Aria vaccinated, and and I and I and I truly do want people who hear this to to hear the importance of this the the bigger impact that it makes on um on society i, I want to touch on one more piece of this and this is specifically for you dan because we've heard jerry's take on this um on his episode of the dad chronicle what about those people who and you touched on this earlier who are allergic or whatever reason they cannot get vaccinated what, what what happens in those cases? How how should we deal with that as a broader society? What's amazing about a lot of the you know and and it's you know I want to call it the vaccine industry, just kind of healthcare in general. The, this kind of thing has come up in the past where there are certain proteins in some of the different vaccines that people can be allergic to. But almost every single case, I'm trying to remember if there is any, even, even the flu vaccine now has been changed a little bit. So a lot of the allergies in the past, uh, you don't have to worry about them. There's almost an alternative to everything. 
as far as if there is an allergy, you know, they will pinpoint what it is you're allergic to and they will figure it out and you will find what the alternative is. Cause there's not just, there's not just one syringe for every disease. There's a lot of times different uh, makeups of them and, you know, a lot of times different strains or different ways of doing it. You may not get the uh, just one straight syringe, you know, one straight uh, injection for, uh, you know, said, you know, you know, said disease. You may have to go through a series of three because, uh, you know, you can't take the the stronger one because you're allergic to something. So there's almost always, uh, you know, an alternative. So definitely ask your doctor. Yeah, do. Uh, to, to, to go about it. And, um, I mean, in the rare case, uh, that, you know, that this or that, you know, there may be one of them that you can't, then you just have to really have precautions. If there's an outbreak of, uh, you know, of X that, you know, that you haven't been vaccinated against, then just do every precaution you can to either stay away from, you know, quarantine yourself from those areas or, you know, again, wash up or, uh, you know, use masks or, or use those universal precautions, uh, against being uh, exposed to that. Jerry, do you have any final thoughts on the vaccination topic? That was very good, Dan. Um, I just, you know, the same thing that I said the last time. If you can vaccinate, do vaccinate. If you are afraid of it, if you have questions about it, talk about it. Don't just say no. Say, tell me more. Make sure you understand exactly what you're doing when you when you choose not to do it. And do your best to to have an open mind about it because... It's it's a good thing, not just for you, but for everybody else around you. Agreed. And it is it is a very intimidating topic. I mean, for for young, uh, you know, new parents, uh, you know, it may be an intimidating thing. They don't know what they're putting. You know, in many cases, they may not know what they're putting into their children's body. So that's why we have such good uh, doctors and pediatricians in this country, and and people like Jerry who are just so much better at uh, explaining to them why, rather than just you know crazy Italian pharmacist telling them just to go get vaccinated. You know, there people are much better than me at, at explaining it to people, but no. And that's a big reason why I'm having both of you guys on here, because whether you're, you're crazy loud Italian, like Dan, uh, who <laughs> still knows a lot about uh, vaccines and medicine or you're Jerry, who's just a doctor, just a doctor who, uh, who deals with this every day. I mean, really like, you know, the conversation is important and having an open mind is so important. So agreed there. Now I want to, um, I want to end the show here with an opportunity to talk about your all show. Uh, Jerry and I talked a little bit about it. And Jerry's episode on America's Next Top Podcaster came out a few weeks ago, uh, where I interviewed him and he kind of dropped a little bit of a hint about this show. And, and I believe we talked about it a little bit last time he was on the dad Chronicle too, but wanted to give you guys an opportunity to share what uh, you guys are doing as kind of a trio with Paradox and, and, and with Bridget Levy. And also, uh, you know, knowing this, the way this conversation went, it's uh, it's very similar to what you would hear on that show. So uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope my uh, my listeners do when they listen to your show. So, uh, Dan, why don't you take us through the the format of the show? So basically we have, you know, Paradox is basically we've got uh, Big Doc Jerry and Little Jot Doc me. So he's got, you know, he's the medical doctor. I'm the farm, the farm D, the far pharmacist doctor. And we like to we, we pick one topic each week and then we cover it from both kind of our angles, uh, Jerry's angle and the pharmacy angle. And then we've got Bridget there because what we have, if you haven't noticed it tonight, Sometimes we can get a little high level with a lot of these things where we we can kind of explain things a little bit too much where we just need to get a higher overview and just kind of for the layperson overview. That's where Bridget comes in and she does a great job of saying, dude, 
shut up. What are you talking about? I don't understand a word you're saying. So then we try to bring it back down. So um, if you didn't, if you know, also, if you can tell Jerry and I both like the talk. So Jerry, you know, Bridget's really good about telling us to be quiet and, you know, let the <laughs> other one go too. So she's an excellent, you know, I, I was, I had a whole thing about poop ready. Cause she was so, oh, she's so infatuated with want to talk about poop. Yeah. So, so uh, g- give your, give your 15 second plug of poop. I, I wanted to talk about, you know, because uh, everyone's got young children these days. You know, like you said, yes. uh, Alex, you got to, you know, uh, you know, and poop is is everywhere when you have a young child. Oh my God, so, yeah. you know, uh, I just want to point out to people, don't be afraid to use some of those over-the-counter creams. You know, like Desitin uh, is a great yes. thing. And, and, and uh, you know, they're uh, like an over-the-counter magic butt cream. Here's a little freebie for you. Again. <laughs> Consult your doctor, but here's a freebie for you. You can make what, uh, you know, an over-the-counter version of kind of what you would compound, but you can take some desitin. If you, and this is, if you've got that really nasty diaper rash, if your kid yeah. has really nasty diaper rash, it looks like it's kind of infected or really uh, nasty and, it, and you just, you just can't get it to go away. Uh, you can mix up some Mylanta, some desitin, which is basically zinc oxide. You can desitin, Mylanta, and some um, uh, Lotrimin. What is Lotrimin? Over-the-counter foot fungus cream. Oh, okay. So it's an antifungal. So you can mix equal parts of that, kind of put it in a little uh, bowl, kind of mix a little bit of that. And what that will do is help to keep that area dry and help with any of the fungus. But again, you got to be careful where you're using it. Again, consult your doctor first because, you know, they may not want you using those things close to your baby's jibblies. So just... Just kind of consult. Usually, that's more around your rear, not around the other sensitive areas. I like. I like. A, Dan, you could tell Dan is not the 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 the, the family practitioner because he calls them Ghiblies. But go ahead, right. Dan. No, I yeah. like it. But but that's it. You know, that's just a little freebie there for you. You know, and if you want to keep away, you, you can also just use the Mylanta and the Desitin if you don't want to put the antifungal in there, and that is completely safe because what that does is help to to dry the area and uses a skin protectant and a little bit of a drying agent. Uh, there and it, and it does definitely help uh, for the rash to get a little bit better. That's hilarious. Uh, and, and Jerry, how was that? Was, that, was it, have you ever recommended uh, some you know OTC magic butt cream? Absolutely. <laughs> I I tend to recommend stuff like that. Barrier creams are kind of the go to for me when I whenever pa- parents start asking about diaper rashes, unless it looks you know blatantly fungal. The other thing to remember, and this is along with the poop conversation that Bridget also encouraged me to contribute to. <laughs> Is that the entire world is covered in a thin layer of fecal matter, and that is not an exaggeration. Uh, uh, so get in, over people. it. It's done. Don't swap my fault. Yeah, exactly. You do. Right. You just can't. You can't sweat it because once you figure that out and and kind of learn to live with it, the rest of it gets really easy. Oh God. Um. And just for everybody's. <laughs> Just for everybody's reference, Bridget always tends to bring up poop jokes. There, there is always some kind of poop reference somewhere. I was watching her stream this morning, and she brought up poop, and then something about going to the gym, and then that's how this whole conversation about you got to bring up poop on the podcast, Alex. And I said, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so I let these guys know. Um, all right. So, so poop aside, where can people <laughs> uh, learn a little bit more about this podcast and join in on the conversation? Jerry, I did all the pimping on a regular show. You could give us give all the beats on <laughs> all the other for it. So, so we are at Twitter on on Twitter at Levy Paradox L E V I P A I R O D O C S. And I know that's really long, but that's the best I could do. Um, and and we're also on Twitch TV slash Paradox Podcast. 
and it's P-A-I-R-O-D-O-C-S, Paradox Podcast, all one word. And we are broadcasting live. Right now, we're trying to do every other Sunday. There may be some some structural changes uh, depending on, on work schedules and call schedules and things, but we try to, to be fairly consistent with it. We're actually doing live uh, the show on Twitch, uh, recording it for, for podcasts for later. So that is on iTunes now, and I'm pretty sure you can find that by searching for, for Paradox Podcast. There are other Paradox. If there's one that looks like it's a man and a woman, that's not us. It's two men and a woman, like two guys, a girl, in a pizza place. This is two guys, a girl, in a podcast. So um, if you're looking for us there, um, any of the other podcatchers, if you go to our our Twitter, there's actually a link there to the Libsyn page for the RSS feed directly as well. Great. And we'll I mean, make- I'm, I'm the, uh, Ryan Reynolds, though. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, dang it. Um, I should have claimed it. <laughs> Because you kind of look like the other guy. You look like I can't remember Pete's the actor that played Pete. I can't even remember his name. Um, I was gonna I was gonna claim Berg, but you you were too fast. Uh, oh wait, maybe I could I could be Captain Tight Pants because uh, oh, uh, that's, that's actually on that show too. That's, that's, that's where you were born. Do you know what we're talking about? I am so lost, guys. I have Did no idea. Did you ever watch idea. Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place? No. Okay. I have oh, no idea. Excellent. I have no idea what you're talking about. It was, but, uh, it was one of those. Show. Ryan Reynolds was on it, and so was uh, really? Malcolm Reynolds. <laughs> god this is like yeah i have no idea what you're talking about but i do know that Audie uh made a fantastic cartoon of you guys oh yeah yes, that's yeah, wonderful you can tell which it's us because you've got bridget kind of doing a ta-da with me and jerry standing there yeah and, and he I, I i swear he went to our social media and pulled off photos of us and stuff because i own the clothes that i'm in in that picture <laughs> i don't think i've ever worn them with a white coat but he like he captured all of us almost perfectly so i i'm really i'm stoked he did such a great job he did a really good job. Hey, Audie, if you want to do anything for the Dak Chronicle, just let me know. That'd be great. <laughs> um, gentlemen, it has been an honest pleasure having you guys as part of this very important conversation in all seriousness. I think that um, the the idea of medicine, the idea of uh, taking care of your kids and the rest of society around some of these really important medical um, topics, uh, this is really good stuff for people to hear. So do appreciate both of your all's uh, involvement in today's Dad Chronicle Roundtable. Um, so why don't we also take just a moment, Jerry, do you want to let people know where they can reach you directly? Sure. I'm at Dr. Tolbert on Twitter, D-R-T-O-L-B-E-R-T, and you can pretty much find everything going outward from there. Great. And uh, Dan, how about you? So you can find me at Geek Jock Blog on Twitter. Uh, I've you know, I'm stuck in apparently the 1990s with the word blog in my uh, Twitter handle. So I'm at Geek Jog Blog. I'm going to change it eventually. But uh, you can find me there or uh, on the Geek All-Stars podcast uh, where I do a bit of a board gaming uh, show and well, a little bit of a geeky and anything else we want to talk about, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a lot of fun, too. Uh, well, thank you both for being on. And, and for our friends at home, if you enjoyed what you listened to today, give us a five-star rating over on iTunes and consider supporting this show. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there's a link to become a patron. And we have a lot of really great patron rewards. So be sure to check that out. Now, if you'd like to chime in on today's conversation, email thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me, you can find me on all the social medias at Alex Albisu. And find all the other shows that we do over at IncastMediaNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at IncastMediaNetwork.com.